Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning. Hi everyone, and welcome to the November 1st, 2020 episode of the Mystic Access Podcast. She's Kim. He's Chris. And we have some things to talk about, and as you can tell, it is November. And in... How is it November? I don't know. It How just... is that even a thing? Suddenly it just... it's November. I think you and I have had the conversation that once you get to September, all bets are off. It's just over from there. Yeah, the year ends really, really fast. It does. So, as some of you know, we have been sick. We have been very past... under the weather for the last yeah, week. Something hit week. us really hard. It has not been a fun experience. We are finally, fortunately, on the mend, but we are not 100% yet, as you can probably tell. You can but probably we're working tell. on it. Right. So, it started for me last Sunday. And we had a really good day. We didn't eat, you know, something that would have been like food poisoning or anything like that. And, you know, just went to bed, woke up sometime a little later and says, oh, you know, something's just not right. And that's when the fiestas began, you know, sickness. So just we're not going to bore you with the gory details, mm-hmm. but it just was sickness. And then about 12 and a half hours later, you got something. It wasn't the same thing that I got, but it probably was, but it didn't affect us. The same way. Right. Which is kind of interesting. Right. But I'm sure it came from the same bug, the same creepy crawly that entered our house. Yes. So we're really lucky. We hardly ever get sick, but we got a big dose today. And we'll come back to this topic a little bit later, not in terms of our illness, because we don't want to bore you, as he said. But we do want to talk a little bit more about what happens if you get stuck in a situation where you're unwell, and you don't have any support around you to assist you, what do you do? So this is specifically for those of you who perhaps don't have the learning in place to be able to use some of these things. So what are your options, and how can you work on that before this happens to you? Right. But first, let's talk a little bit about our website. Cool. Yes. So one thing that we didn't talk about last time were the points. And one really cool feature that we have implemented with points is the ability to award points for the person who has the most points. So it's a ranking system. So once a month, a person gets drawn for the number of points that you have. And it's not a lottery. It's not anything you have to do. But just depending on how many points the person has at the top, that will give them a little bit of extra points. And it happens once a month, which is kind of cool. We also wanted to draw your attention to the gently used category in the shop. Yes, because there's going to be some goodies appearing there over the next little bit. And we have a nice one for you now. There already is a goodie. It is a used Hims Cube Rail Rail Display. And it's up there for the first person who wants to purchase it. It is a discount of, I believe, somewhere like thirteen or $1,400. So we have it listed for 1700 Everything works. It's a beautiful display. You're just not using it. And we're just not using it to its potential, which means, you know, using it as a Braille display with iOS, with Android, with your PC, with your Mac. Then also using it for its other built-in capabilities, such as notepad, calculator, and a planner, you know, scheduler, things like that. But what makes the Braille kind of cool, and why I purchased it to begin with, was the ability for you to, if you are a good Braille writer, You can write on your PC using Braille, 
But then you can use QWERTY keystrokes like Alt F4, Control O, Control P, Control S, all of those keystrokes that you're already familiar with to control your PC or your Mac or what have you. So those are the main advantages to that Braille display. Yeah, it's something a little different for those of you who really prefer Braille entry but want all the advantages of a QWERTY keyboard layout. So it even has the best of it all. Yeah, it even has arrow keys, context menu, home end, page up, page down, insert, function keys. All the keys that you would expect to be on a regular QWERTY keyboard, it has those. Over the past couple of weeks, we have talked about us canceling our home phone lines. So what we have and what will go on the website in the next couple few weeks are these sought-after Clasco caller ID boxes, the talking caller ID Clasco boxes. And these are nice if, for instance, you get a call, you're hearing your phone perhaps tell you a name or something, but you're not exactly sure, what did that just say? In many cases, you will hear the phone number clearly and distinctly from your Clasco box. The other thing that I love even more about a Clasco box is if you have caller ID on call waiting, you find out who that person is calling you. Yeah, it's one of the only caller ID boxes that I'm aware of that spoke something over a call waiting call. And we do have a few of these laying around that we will put up on the website for anybody who wants to bring them home. You know, there's no point in tossing them, of course, because they all still work. We just have to find, you know, the majority of them. I know, I think we have about five between the two of us. A couple of the ones that I have, and this is going to bring you back, they were called the InTouch 5000. That's the model that it was. And that went between a modem and your phone, and it was a caller ID box. And when you were on the internet with your modem and you received a phone call, you would know who was trying to interrupt you. It would speak the number of the incoming call. There was a button on it that you could press that you could tell the person you're on the internet will call them back later and it would hang up and it wouldn't interrupt your phone call. It was really kind of cool. But obviously those features you're really not going to use, but you would use the caller ID call waiting so it would work just like a regular caller ID box. The other thing that will be up there is this little device that I bought a few years ago and it's called the Echo Connect. So if you have a landline phone, it doesn't work for cell phones. If you have a landline phone or a VoIP phone, you can connect this box to your phone system, and it will do two things. It will allow you to make calls with your Amazon Echo devices. I know you can do that now, but this will actually show your home number on caller ID because it's actually making a call using your home phone. And it will also allow you to answer incoming calls. If the person is in your contacts on Amazon, it will say their name and it will speak. It will say, so-and-so wants to talk, which is kind of cool. So all of your echoes will ring around the house and you can answer them from whatever room you are in. And now you have a speakerphone. But it's, again, connected to your existing phone line. It's not using Amazon's VoIP service. It's using your own phone line system. So it's kind of an interesting little box. Yeah, we think somebody should be able to get some good use out of this little box. It's very handy. And no matter where you are in your house, you'll be able to find out who's calling you. And answer, should you Yeah, should. and answer, should you wish. As long as you have an A-Lady device there, you're good to go. Right. And I think we did a podcast on this. I'll try. I'm not going to promise. I'll try and dig it up for the show notes and post it there so you guys can get an idea of what this little Echo Connect does. But I'm going to 
try and find it. I'm not going to guarantee you, though, that it's going to be in the show notes. So you might have to do your own little search back through the archives. Yeah, I think we did it, but I'm not even 100% sure if we did or not. I'm pretty sure we did, but it's very cool, and somebody will benefit. And at some point, we'll probably put up our phone system as well, so somebody can grab a good phone system at a good price. Mm -hmm. But we haven't unplugged them all yet. They're still, like, sitting plugged up with no service around the house right now, so we have to unplug them and get them ready for you guys. Sure. But they'll be up eventually. We'll have them up before Thanksgiving, so you guys can have a nice phone system to share for Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever. Basically, it's an AT&T corded, cordless phone system. So you got one corded base, and you've got four cordless handsets. And it's a two-line system. So if you had a home line and a business line, you could utilize that with this phone. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. And obviously, we're not going to sell any of this stuff at new prices because it's all used. But we'll give you a good deal on it. Basically, and getting it out of our hair. Yeah, you're getting it out of our house, exactly. <laughs> and out of our hair, too. Speaking of Echo devices, though. Yes, we know. You're thinking the Novas have more Echoes. Yes, we actually do. We want to talk to you about the newest Echo Dot. The Echo Dot 5. So tell me about the Echo Dot 5. What do you think about your Echo Dot 5? It's your Echo Dot 5 because... Because I stole it? Yes. Yeah. I essentially stole it. It's now sitting on my side of the bed, and it wasn't supposed to be, but it is now. So here's the deal. We both owned Echo Dot 1s and Echo Dot 2s. Echo Dot 2s we still keep around because they mix really well because they use a micro USB port, and they're just easy to move around and plug up, and they're very portable and very nice. But after that, they began using proprietary plugs for power, and so... They're a little different now than they were then. They're not quite as easy and portable to move around because you have to have the proprietary plug. So after our Echo Dot 2s, he bought me, at some point, an Echo Dot 3, which I loved. Absolutely loved. I thought it was great. I thought it sounded great. Now, the Echo Dot 3, even more so than the 1s and 2s, it was kind of flat. And it kind of has a curved top. And I really liked it because you can just put it anywhere and it's very inconspicuous. Well... We never bought 4s, and the 4 and the 5 are quite alike in terms of what they look like. Instead of being flat and kind of curved on top like the 3, or kind of round with edges, like a top edge, a sharp edge around the top like the 1s and 2s, the 4s and 5s are globe-shaped. So it's like having a little globe on top. And this is so that the music can go all the way around and you get a good 360 sound of music. So it's got that. It has really nice distinctive keys, just like Echo Dot 3. And, you know, again, I'm not speaking about 4 because I haven't seen 4, but 4s and 5s look very much alike from what I understand. So it's got your volume keys, so they have a plus and a minus on your volume keys. And then it's got the actions button and the mic button to turn your mic on and off. So those are your keys that you will find. Again, proprietary plug. It's got some cool goodies that we'll get into in a second. But one thing, yeah, there's one thing it doesn't have, though. There is one thing it doesn't have. Tell us what it is. A three and a half millimeter jack. It does not. So, unfortunately, that's not really a thing that you can get anymore. Now, is there some way to rig it so that it will do that now? Because of the proprietary plug, is that even possible? Well, there's no way to do that. I forget what they have, but there's an echo that they have that you can get that doesn't have a speaker. And that would have a three and a half millimeter jack. And that's what you'd kind of use to connect to your stereo or your better speakers or what have you. 
So I'm really not surprised that they got rid of the 3.5mm jack on there. But what they've done with the Echo 5 is they have a temperature sensor built into the Echo 5. Now, this doesn't work out of the box, so don't get too excited. Right. That's not what it's for. You can't ask it for the room temperature. No. What it does, though, is if you have smart devices, you can have your smart fan turn on when your room reaches a certain temperature or something like that. So or it's, your thermostat. It's, right. So it's ready to control other devices. It's kind of like if you have heard of those Acobi thermostats with the smart sensors. They have a little sensor in the room that tells the temperature of the room. It's the same type of thing. I don't know if it interfaces with the Acobis. Now, that would be kind of cool, but I don't know that for sure. The other thing that the new one does is if you have an Aero network, it will extend your Aero network should you need to do so. But there's a catch. There is. Your speed only goes up to 100 Mbps. So if you have more than that, it's not worth it. Because from my understanding and my research, it will slow down your entire network. Mm-hmm. If you use it as an extender, if you have more than 100. That's actually the reason why I bought it, and I didn't realize Oops. that it would do that. So that's one thing I will turn off. Well, like then it's just smart that I stole it. Yes. The other thing about it is it's way faster, guys. Yes. Way faster. We can't show it to you because it's upstairs, but it is, boom, it's almost instantaneous. You say its name, and it responds with the sound effect. Yeah, if you have that turned on, of course. If you have that turned on. And if you do, and you say something, it really does come back. Like, the time is almost instant. But it's much faster responsive than, say, the previous generations. Again, we haven't seen the fourth gen, so we don't know what the fourth gen was even like. The only ones that we've seen are the ones, twos, threes, and that's it. Now the fives. The other thing that it has that some of you might really like, and I think we will once we set it up the way we want, is touch controls on top. So, if you have an alarm going, you can reach over and touch it and it'll turn your alarm off. If you have music playing, you can reach over and touch it, and it'll turn that off. If you have a timer going, you can reach over and touch it, and it'll turn that off. So if you're right next to it, you can utilize that to make your life easier not to talk to it. Right. You tap it. It's more of a, there's a sensor in it. It's not a touch control. It's more of a sensor that you smack it. You tap onto it, and it will do what it's supposed to do, which is start and stop the music or stop your alarm and things like that. Absolutely. So we saved the most important thing about it for last, which is sound. And we've kind of compared it to the Dot 3, third gen, because that's what it replaced on our bedside table. And I think it is phenomenally better than the 3. There is definitely a very distinguishable, noticeable difference between the two. It's got a little more punch to the bass, but not so punchy that you're like, whoa, that's too much bass. I'm not a bass head by any stretch of the imagination. For those of you who are, you probably won't think this is too punchy. It probably won't be punchy enough for you. But if you're someone who just kind of wants a nice, realistic bass, I think you'll be happy with this if you actually listen to music on your dots. Now, I'm one of those people who will, in fact, occasionally listen to music on my dots. Some people think that's nuts. But if I just want a little background, if I'm upstairs, kind of wandering around and drying my hair or doing whatever I'm doing up there, I got no problem turning on the dot and listening to music on it. It doesn't bother me in the least. And this has a richer, fuller sound than the third gen dot, for sure. I think it also has more volume, don't you? I believe it does, yes. So, is it worth it? Is it worth it for you to upgrade your dot? Well, I would probably wait till Black Friday so you don't have to spend 50 bucks on it. Because this one, like its preceding sisters, is $50 full price. But you also have the option to wait and 
I'm sure there will be some good deals on it for Black Friday coming up real soon now. What, three weeks away almost? It's crazy. Something like that, yeah. yeah it's crazy. it's nuts. So if you decide you want to check it out, you'll be able to get a better deal. But if you have like a second gen dot, oh, by all means, upgrade. I would say even if you have a third gen dot, I think you'll like this more. If you need more volume, if you have some hearing loss, or you just want something a little louder, or if you want the speed, it's probably worth the upgrade just for that, especially if they offer it at like 19 bucks, like they've been doing in the past for Black Friday and some of these other special days. I would definitely encourage you to at least consider the idea of upgrading it. But again, if you're buying it just for the features that we talked about, using it as a router extender, you have to have the correct router. Is it any Eero? They just say Eero. So, okay, so if you have an Eero, that will probably work for you, but remember the speed caveat that we talked about. Or if you're buying this for a temperature sensor, again, remember, that doesn't work just by itself. You don't just put it in a room and connect it to your Wi-Fi and think it's going to tell you your indoor temperature. It's not how it works. So, keep those things in mind when you're considering upgrading. Oh, and they have a new color, but it's a glacial white, so it's going to get dirty. Just guaranteed. <laughs> but, you know, just something to note. So, there's another little Amazon speaker that I was interested in, oh, three or four months ago, I wanted one and wanted one. And that kind of, we decided that we weren't going to bother. But Kim has decided that possibly she is interested in the newer model. And what is this and why? This is, well, for one thing, it's not a little speaker. So let's kind of <laughs> make sure they don't think it's small. It's the Echo Studio. And I'll tell you why I'm suddenly interested. Number one, there's a new model that just came out. It's essentially the same thing with just some upgrades. So it looks almost identical to it. And it has better mid-range. And one of my gripes with the initial Echo Studio, just from hearing it on YouTube videos and things, is it did not have the mid-range. I'm a Sonos girl. And unfortunately, when we came to New York, well, when I came to New York, when we connected the Sonoses as a network here, after I brought two Sonoses and he had two Sonoses, we could not get things to connect up properly. Not all the Sonoses would connect properly together. And that's the whole point of having a network with all your Sonoses. You can play anything as a group, you know, create different groups and different rooms and have things play in certain places. And that's really cool. My Sonos lost everything. <laughs> I had it so curated. It was beautiful. I lost everything. It was awful. And then we spent probably two or three months where nothing would connect properly in the household. Our Sonoses wouldn't network up together properly. It was awful. It was just a really bad situation. And I have never gotten it curated the way that I had the previous one curated. And what I'm talking about by curation in this sense is all of my tune-in radio stations that I had curated. So all that curation that I had spent doing for, what, three years or so, I lost. I was so sad because there were hundreds of them. And there was no putting everything back the way that it had been. I didn't have the time. I didn't have the energy. And so I kind of lost a little bit of my love affair with everything I'd previously done because it just takes so much time to redo it. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the sound of my Sonos. I think it sounds brilliant and beautiful. And these are the Sonos ones that we're talking about specifically here. And I got all my services hooked back up. That wasn't a problem, but, you know, that was just a lot of work to lose. So when the Echo Studio came out a couple years ago, I started watching videos comparing Echo Studio to Sonos 1. And this was even before we got married. And I just kind of wanted to see, well, what's the hype? And I thought, nope, this doesn't compare to my Sonos because you could listen to songs that were played in the course of the videos. And I thought the mid-ranges of my Sonos were way better than the Echo Studio. Well, just from having to listen to YouTube videos, I think that the mid-ranges on the new upgraded 
Studio are greatly improved from the previous version of the studio. They sound much better. Vocals sound clearer. Now, again, I haven't heard this in person. Another interesting thing is that the Sonos One lets you AirPlay items, so from your phone or your other device. And I love AirPlay, of course, because AirPlay does not affect voiceover for the iPhone, and voiceover will still come through the phone. And when you get a phone call, your music will still continue to play or your movie or whatever it is. So I do a lot of TV content, music, documentaries, YouTube videos, whatever. You can't do that. There is no AirPlay on the studio. However, you can Bluetooth from your device to the studio. I went upstairs recently with the Dot, with the new 5th Gen Dot, and tried Bluetooth. And the voiceover is coming out of my iPhone. It's a little choppy. Sounds a little weird. The volume keeps bouncing up and down when Bluetooth is on connecting my phone and my dot. But I can control it and the voice is not coming through the dot, which is what I was afraid was going to happen. So no AirPlay, but it's usable. It's workable. So I'm thinking at this stage, I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know. I love all the different functionality available in the Sonos app because the Sonos app works really well. It's beautiful. It's nice. And I can see everything that's playing. Yeah. We're not sure about the Echo Studio, but you use your Sonos more in your office than we use upstairs because you've got one upstairs. Yep. And the only thing that we use the one upstairs for is to talk to A-L-E-X-A. And Which is awesome. dumb because we have the Sonos and we have a dot in our bedroom. Right. So, yeah, don't know. Just worked out that way. It did because I think we're going to use it to play other things using the Sonos app, but we never do. And we never do. So what we might do is get a studio for there and replace that Sonos to see how it works and if it's even going to be the be-all and end-all of audio devices. And we don't know that it is. Some of it's the convenience factor, but then the Sonos has a lot of conveniences too because you got all your services packed into one thing and it's all right there in front of you in one app. And I love that. I love my Sonos. Like if it didn't have this issue, especially where you have to go online and offline, one thing that we've had to do recently is switch out our router. So we have an Eero and then we have another router and we've had to switch them back and forth. And when you do that, the Sonos hates it. You have to unplug your Sonos and plug it back up. I don't know if you guys have ever seen a Sonos one, but if you have one, you know what I'm talking about. It is a huge plug underneath the Sonos. These things are heavy devices anyway, and you have to jerk them in and out. They are not a pleasant, easy thing to unplug and plug back up. You can unplug them from the wall, of course, if you need to do that, or if you have them connected to a surge protector, except mine's under the desk, so you have to kind of climb under the desk. Anyway, it's very inconvenient, and I know that is such a first-world problem. (laughs) I totally get it, but it is just one of those annoying inconveniences that you have to do with the Sonos that you don't have to do with a regular Amazon A-Lady product. And if it worked with more A-Lady skills properly, which it doesn't, Oh, that's the other thing about the Sonos that we don't like. Yeah, it decides to play some of your radio stuff that you have, some of your third-party services, and it will stop the song when it's not supposed to. It's continued to stream. But that's not the main thing. It's with our ring. Oh, yeah. You can't answer the door from your ring. With your Sonos. With your Sonos. With your third-party anything. Your third-party, any Echo-related product, like your Sonos or your Ecobee, you can't answer the door. Which we're going to be better about answering the door with that method because you have it. Yeah, exactly. You have the method available. You might as well utilize it. It's smart. It's safer. And that's what we should be doing. And that's one reason, frankly, that we haven't switched everything over to Nest, even though we're dying to try those Nest doorbells. Yeah, right. You have to have a visual screened Google device with which to answer your door. Which I think is dumb. 
Yeah, I mean, I get it, but I think it's done. They want to make sure that you can see the other person on the other side of the door. Well, guess what? There's a very small market share of us who can't anyway. Right. (laughs) So that's where we are with Echo devices currently. You've heard about Dots and Connects and Studios and all the lovely things that we're dealing with currently. So let's talk a little bit. Let's go back to the original discussion about being sick because I'm getting sick. And one thing that you had done for me was go to Rite Aid or Walgreens or wherever you went. Yeah, I think I ended up going to Rite Aid virtually, of course, via DoorDash. Right, because you don't want to get yourself sick any more than you already are. Or get somebody else sick by going out into public and coughing and whatever, getting your germs everywhere. And apparently the flu is running very rampant this year. Oh, around here it is, apparently. I've not had the flu since my senior year, but I guarantee you this was the flu. Uh It was not fun. Knocked me on my butt for a week. Yeah, it knocked me down from Sunday till I think at least Wednesday I started to actually feel better. Yeah, yeah, you're improving. Absolutely. You're a little more improved than I am, but I'm a little behind you in terms of getting any symptoms at all. As we said, we have very different symptoms, but I think there are a few important things that you need to do just from a practical standpoint, then we'll get into accessibility. So practically, you need to know what medications you've used in the past that have worked for you or what medications might work for you. And again, that may require some research to try and find out. Actually, one of the things that I got at Rite Aid was kind of a mistake. It was there just to kind of get me enough in my order to get delivery. And I got a couple things. One thing that I knew would work for me in the past, except I had to get another formula, another flavor. And that was okay. I thought, well, this should still work. Then I got some Theraflu because by that point, I was pretty sure we had the flu. And he had a headache that would not go away. So I said, we're going to try this. And that turned out to save us too. But we had never gotten it before. But I thought, well, this will be great. You just put it in water and mix it up and, you know, put it in a hot drink. And then I got some cough drops, but they were a brand I had never tried before. And they turned out to be the most awesome things ever. (laughs) We love them. We've been taking them every day and they taste like candy, cherry candy. And they're Ludens or Ludens. Yeah, Ludens, I believe. Ludens. And they're awesome. If you've never tried them, they numb the back of your throat. They're terrific. So I had to get that to get my total to where I needed it to be. Now, the thing about ordering from convenience stores like your Rite Aids and your Walgreens and your, you know, CVSs is that it's going to cost you more, especially when you're doing them through a service like your DoorDashes or your Grubhubs. So just know that in advance. Be warned. Stuff's going to be expensive. But we needed it. <laughs> we didn't have a choice. So it worked out. It was the right thing to do. And the guy who was my shopper, I was able to kind of watch him shop live. And mercifully, he found everything and brought it and left it outside the door. And then we went out and got it. Also, we used a lot of Clorox wipes. I also have this essential oil spray that I kind of swear by when I'm sick. And I use that all around the house. And I think those things have helped a little bit too to kind of keep us from continually spreading our germs all over the rest of the house. So that's been really nice and really helpful. So from a practical standpoint, those things are important. You have to know where to go, what to get, and how it's going to get to your house, and then how you'll go out and get it. From an accessibility and usability standpoint, however, it's a little different. If you have, and most of us fortunately do, I do now that I'm here, a DoorDash or a Grubhub accessible to you, and you have restaurants and or convenience stores close by, that's the way to go. Because again, you don't have to go out. And more importantly than you not having to go out, or just as importantly anyway, you don't have to rely on other people to go do it for you and then come in and risk getting your sickness. Because it's not cool. Just because you might have someone there who's willing to do it for you does not necessarily mean you should ask them to. You know, 
Well, I know my way to that Rite Aid, backwards, forwards, left, right, and center. Mm -hmm. But even if I wanted to, I was in no position to go and pick up. Absolutely not. And nor did you have any business going because you were contagious, as I discovered quickly. Yes, I was. So there's a line there that you don't necessarily want to cross with people you know and say, hey, I'm sick. Can you bring me? Blah, blah, and blah. It's different when you've got a dasher who's not going to see you and will just leave it outside your door. Well, you could say, well, my family member won't see me. They can just leave it outside the door. Yeah, but they have other things they need to do. Your dasher is doing it because they want to be dashing stuff, and you're paying them to do it. So it's a little bit of a different thing. But you have to have the know-how to use the app properly, to use it enough where you can get your items. And DoorDash, fortunately, we're on 16.2 now, has improved markedly on the phones now. It's not quite back to 100%, but it's way better than it has been recently. So you have the ability to use it through the iPhones. You've always had the ability to use it via Android, and you can always use it on the PC and Mac. So you've got options. And speaking of that, don't forget we have documentation, Delicious Eats and More Direct Your Door. So you can check out how to utilize the DoorDashes, the Grubhubs, things like that, and learn to use them more confidently. But it's important that you can do that, or if you can't do that, that you have someone who you can call, not visit, call, and say, you know, can you have this door dashed for me? But really, the better option is not to have to involve anyone else and do it yourself. Because here's the other thing that sometimes happens. If you were to say, oh, I can just ask my sister or my mom or whomever to door dash me something. What if they get you the thing that you didn't want? What if they only see one thing? They don't look very carefully and they don't find what it is that you actually needed. Well, now you're out the medicine that you actually needed. So this that can way, happen. Yeah, but that can happen with DoorDash as well. They may not be able to find it. But, yes, but when you're ordering with convenience stores, you have the ability to just have everything refunded. Right. So they wouldn't choose you something else. You would just have it refunded to your card. But just, you know, even if you do have your sister or your mom do it, just use common sense. Tell them to drop it off at the door. Absolutely. If, you know, if that's the way that you're going to do it, that's because you don't want to get people sick. I mean, let me put it to you this way. I did things that I haven't done in seven, eight, nine, ten years. Yeah, you don't sick. want this stuff. This stuff's been brutal for both of us, although we've had very different symptoms. We have not been well. We've not been happy Novas for the last week. And you don't want to risk giving somebody else something nasty. So you definitely want to have common sense about it. And if you don't know, again, how to use the app or the site that will get you what you need, find out. Start playing with it. This stuff's important. It's like not knowing how to use your bank site. Uh If you need to be able to get something quickly and efficiently to your house, you need to know how to do that properly. You can't make phone calls to stores and say, I want to order this, 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 and expect someone to somehow get it to your house. It's not how it works. Yeah, making phone calls to stores and buying stuff like that is a lost art. (laughs) Yeah, it's done. They might help you know if they have something in stock, but that's about as far as you're going to go. Sure. So those are just a few words from us on that aspect of things. And hopefully, again, if that happens to you, you will have the resources available. And I understand if you're in a position like I was, where you have nothing nearby and someone has to go get it for you, then you're just going to use common sense and be careful and not have someone come close to you and just put it down for you. If they have to read it to you, they can call you. You know, if they have to read instructions, that's another thing to talk about. Ah, yes. Is to read instructions. The Ferraflu, I had no idea how to use it, so I went on to, you know, one of those services, you know, where you can talk with an agent, your IRA, your Be My Eyes, what have you. 
and I was able to understand how it worked. It says no more than eight ounces. You don't drink it while it's cold. The cool thing was is I made it using a Keurig. So you don't make everything in our Keurig. So what? We love it. (laughs) So I took the Ferroflu, dumped it in a cup, put it on the Keurig, eight ounces, waited about, oh, a minute, you know, with obviously no K-cup in the machine. And there it was, ready to drink. I had a spoon and stirred it up a little bit because they said make sure that it's fully dissolved. So I stirred it up a little bit and was ready to drink. There's also a great website that I'm actually looking at right now. So if you heard my computer typing a minute ago, that's why. You can actually look up a bunch of different things. And I just went to directions for me. So it's the word directions, F-O-R-M-E dot com. And you can type in a search or you can look up That's one thing that, yeah, that's one thing that I always forget about. That's a very good resource. So I typed in cold and flu. And I've got antiviral facial tissue, Clorox regular bleach, disinfecting wipes from Clorox, whole bunch of Clorox, Lysol, Dayquil, NyQuil, Vicks Nature Fusion. I'm trying to find something specific that I'm not finding right now. So sometimes you kind of do have to know how to spell something. Or again, you could search by category. And there's a donation button at the bottom of the page that says, please consider donating to this project. So if you want to donate to what they're doing, you can do. So this is a great option for you if you just want to look something up. You might not find everything you want, but you can find quite a bit. And again, if you just want to look it up on Google, you can probably find directions and things that way as well. Or your favorite search engine. So let's end by reminding you about the exciting product that is soon to be waiting in the wings for you guys. And that is the Blind Shell Classic 2 audio documentation. We've been talking about this over the last few podcasts, and we're excited that on the 15th of November, it will be available for you guys to download. But it's now available for pre-order, and it is a name your price. What is that? It means that there's a minimum price that you would have to pay, but if you want to pay more, you can. Yep. So it's $29. That's the minimum price. And it will be well over six hours of material because the last one was six and there's so much more to do (laughs) and say. So we're really excited to have this out. We've gotten some new customers. Thank you to you guys for entrusting us with your business. Thank you to all our other customers, of course, for doing the same. It's always nice to see you and have products available that interest you. So if you know people who have been struggling with either kind of the basic functionality or the more advanced features of the Blind Show Classic 2, We will have audio documentation that walks you through step-by-step, and you can listen to demos of us doing things so that you can follow along, or you can listen and just kind of know how things are going to work all the way throughout. So we're really excited to get this done for you. And again, if you know someone who you think may be interested, feel free to pass along the information that we are having documentation for the product, and it will soon be available. So pre-order is available now, or you can purchase after it comes out, but pre-orders help us out. Because they kind of keep us motivated and we always appreciate it either way. So thanks for your interest. And thank you everybody for joining us for this episode of the podcast. And we shall see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye. The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. If you are blind or visually impaired and desire to discover how our comprehensive products and services may support and empower your assistive technology journey, we welcome your visit at www.mysticaccess.com.
Have a question or wish to place an order via phone? Call us at 716-543-3323. If you have something to share about this podcast episode, press 4 to reach our Mystic Access podcast comment line. Email us at info at mysticaccess.com. Connect with us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mysticaccess and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mysticaccessempower. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? Your friends and colleagues may listen and subscribe at www.mysticaccesspodcast.com. If you enjoy our episodes, consider leaving us an iTunes rating and review. Your comments are greatly appreciated. Thanks for spreading the word, and thanks for being a listener. We hope you enjoyed this episode.